0: Hi, and welcome to an episode of Beyond the Balance Sheet podcast. Today's guest is Margie Foley, and we're going to be talking about protecting our aging population and our elderly from financial fraud. Margie founded Foley Management Consulting because she recognized the unmet need to provide confidential, competent, administrative services to individuals and families and become trusted members of their support circle. As trusted advisors, Foley Management is an ethical partner in the development and maintenance of daily management services, including bill paying, appointment scheduling, home and staff management. And I imagine as I'm reciting this, how privy people are to personal information in that particular position. So Foley Management acts as a trusted liaison with financial advisors, home offices, healthcare teams, and attorneys. Welcome Margie Foley, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, it's a pleasure. So how big a problem is this? How, are there statistics surrounding elderly being manipulated through financial fraud?
1: There certainly are. There are many, many statistics and unfortunately the problem is growing. Uh, There was a large growth of fraud, particularly with elders during and after the pandemic. Uh, For instance, the FBI uh, tells us that between the years of 2019 and 2021, elder fraud doubled to the tune of 1.7 billion. Billion? Uh, Billion with a B. Billion with a B. So it is a very, very prevalent issue. And one that's growing and one that all of us, frankly, need to be aware of. Uh, those losses represent on an individual level, an average of about 18,000 per person. Mm -hmm. However, uh, many of those losses are far in excess of a hundred thousand dollars.
0: And what kinds of fraud? are these trusted people that are defrauding or are these stranger frauds what
1: kinds of frauds are the elderly being subjected to the majority are strangers and and they do so in a variety of ways uh one way is called confidence fraud uh Mm. for instance i i may call an elder who i know i have researched and know that their sibling has passed away and i may say I'm a friend of your sister. Uh, we were such good friends, and I wanted to become friends with you. I, I want that connection. And so over time, you build a relationship, and at some point, that person will somehow ask for money. Uh, they may have an emergency that they cannot take care of because they don't have the money. Or they may claim from the beginning to just be, Uh, in a financial position that is unhealthy. So Mm -hmm. over time, they develop a relationship. And we see this also in romance scams, right, Mm -hmm. for the elderly. Uh, The end goal is always money. Uh, Another way is compromised email accounts, uh, not taking proper measures if you're on the Internet, not signing off of the Internet, therefore leaving your information exposed. There's investment fraud, uh, tech fraud. You know, I call you because there's a virus in your computer. We can see it. I'm from IBM. We need to fix this for you. Uh, you're going to have to send me X amount of dollars to get it done. Uh, and then I think one that we've probably all heard in the news recently, and which has grown, is the grandparents scheme. I'm your grandson. I'm in trouble. Uh, I, I'm his attorney. He doesn't want his mom to know he's gotten into trouble. For me to help him, I need X amount of dollars immediately. I will send someone to pick it up. Uh, I've had so two parents who really have been subjected to that one. Too. It's insidious. Isn't that yeah. some? It's just insidious. Uh, and then, of course, it, there, there's the old IRS impersonation um you have to pay this if you don't pay this you're going to go to jail you for fraud for for tax fraud so there are numerous ways and and new ones every day
0: so if you were to describe the vulnerable what are the characteristics of that vulnerable person
1: well interestingly um the Better Business Bureau tells us that this fraud is almost equal in the demographic, two demographics, uh, young people between 18 and 25 and elders, 65 and above. And they say that the the reason for that is elders are assumed to have a higher net worth. Uh, many of them live alone and they're lonely. Uh, And they become trusting of someone who reaches out to them. Uh, On the the young demographic, they just simply have more online exposure. They spend more Mm -hmm. time online than any other age group. Um, And what I think really causes the elder fraud to become worse is that no one wants to report it. If you're an elder and you've experienced fraud, you're embarrassed. Uh, And and you're afraid. You're afraid that your family may consider you inept and unable to manage on your own. And that's very frightening. That's very frightening for people.
0: So they pay the money, they lose the money, and then they do not discuss
1: it. They do not discuss it. And unfortunately, in many cases, it goes unaware. Uh, Unless there's a family member, Or someone who has oversight of bill paying or accounts, uh, most of these crimes go unreported. I would imagine. So that one point seven billion is uh, only what's been reported.
0: What we know about that's right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So what are solutions to this? Well, for some families, you know, they do fine. Uh, helping their parent, um, a child may take over that responsibility. Sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't. Frankly, uh, you know, finances are the biggest source of family conflict. And having one person or one child be responsible for that doesn't always work well in families. Um the other alternative is of course to have an attorney or an accountant pay bills for your loved one. But that's a very very expensive process. Um mm-hmm. and and one that uh, most people do not want to incur. So the best method, we believe, I believe, yeah, is to Yes, tell us about those, what you're doing. Yes. <laughs> is what you call a daily money manager. Um, and, and what we do is we handle bills for families, uh, for elders, for people who are just simply too busy and don't want to be responsible for their bills. Um, and, and the reason that that's helpful is that... We can help, in some cases, avoid fraud. Once we work with the client over time, we begin to understand their pattern of spending. We know when something looks unusual. Um, We can spot irregularities uh, much sooner than perhaps a family might if they ever do. Uh, We eliminate erroneous billing surprisingly there is a very large amount of erroneous billing uh and and i think most of all and perhaps most important is that it eliminates the anxiety uh, both for elders and for their families Um, i do think it's good however even if you use a daily money manager that you have some oversight Either the family is oversighting that activity or a CPA or your accountant or attorney. Um, it's just always good to trust, but verify. hmm I mean,
0: that's very sound advice. What do you find much resistance when you're talking to families about engaging in services like these? Do you get a lot of resistance or you get mostly what a great idea that what a relief?
1: I think mostly what a great idea. However, there is an element of trust that is missing in a new relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't know my company or me, and, and I don't know them. So there is a process of building trust. But I think, you know, the, the important thing is that we build our services around what, how our clients feel comfortable. Uh, If a family approaches me and said, yeah, we would love this service, but, uh, you know, we don't know you. Uh, Can we trust you? Uh, How can we get over these feelings? Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's when I suggest, absolutely, those are warranted. Uh, If you did not have those feelings, uh, I would be concerned. So have someone oversight work with us. Uh, be it uh, someone from the family, be it an attorney or an accountant. We do work regularly with trust attorneys, with home offices, um, with accountants, uh, not only in bill paying, but also in preparation, tax preparations. And um, so we do a lot with a lot of other vendors that you and your family may be working with.
0: I can see how useful that would be and helpful. Let me back up. Have you worked with families and tried to implement a system like this after they've been defrauded? Has that been- Mostly. A, mostly. <laughs> mostly. So tell us, yeah, tell us one story or two of families who have really been the victim of fraud and how they were able to recover.
1: Yes, uh, there are plenty of those stories. And I think, you know, it's it's the same concept, if you will. Uh, and if you have something stolen, uh, then you, you think, oh, I should put in a security system or uh, I should take out additional insurance. Same process applies here. Uh, mm-hmm. Our clients are mostly people who have either seen a very, very quick decline in, in their loved one or who have suffered a loss. Uh, one example of that could be a client uh, we have who we had been working with them actually for a while, it was not a new client, but on one of their credit card statements, uh, we noticed a very large charge from a contractor that did not seem in keeping for the description of services that were provided. Uh, in this case, the charge on a credit card was $20,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so our first our process is, our first thing is to reach out to the client or the person who was our contact for the client and say, "Look, we have seen something that we want to verify with you mm-hmm. um, and upon doing that we we learned that it was just a contractor taking advantage of these people and We did call the contractor, and we were able to recover um about fourteen thousand of that twenty thousand. That's great." That's great. So you know, the, the sad thing, the sad thing yes. is, these contractors, if they get away with it once, uh, they'll keep returning. They'll it's keep returning easy. to the same people. It's too easy. Exactly. It's too easy. Yeah.
0: yeah. I have read a story about a Madoff-like person who was part of a religious organization. That was his confidence. He got in yes. front of people in a religious setting and used that as his way of
1: developing trust. It's it's very prevalent. And frankly, uh, on the religion side, some of those are prevalent for all ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is not something that anyone is immune from. And I would add that even in today, uh some of these fraud scams are so good Mm -hmm. uh we i get them in my mailbox you know Mm -hmm. oh your fence package we couldn't deliver it please call us um typically you can you can identify um something in that message that doesn't look quite right uh either in terms of graphics or spelling or But to someone who may not be quite as alert as they used to be, uh, those things go unnoticed. Those things go completely unnoticed. So we we like to tell our clients, there is nothing so urgent that that you, you would need to send money for that you cannot take the time to verify or have a family member verify or have your money manager verify. There's never a need to run to the bank and get money for anyone who might call you or mm-hmm. gift cards, which is another way of, of getting money. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, it, it was just a story on the news the other night I saw of a woman, a very well-educated woman, not particularly elderly, but fell for a scam with these gift cards And went through over two hundred thousand dollars of her money uh it's just it really i think i wish that we could do a better job of getting the word out there both to the elderly and to their families because it's growing at just a ridiculous speed
0: well we will do our part with this episode we will begin to start talking about it with everybody we work with so that's really Oh, I appreciate that. I
1: well, might give one more tip to yes, uh, people please. out there. And, and that would be if you're on your computer, make sure that you sign out of your bank, make sure that you disconnect from the internet. And again, this goes back to another client who was in the habit of leaving both of those things open on their desktop. And as a result, had $12,000 taken out of their checking account. Uh, That was recovered, but uh, that may not always be the case, uh, particularly uh, as these thieves become more and more savvy.
0: They'll disappear with it at some point. They'll They'll figure out ways to disappear.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure.
0: Well, Margie Foley, I appreciate you taking the time today for our listeners. If you've enjoyed this episode of Beyond the Balance Sheet podcast, please like us on your platform of choice. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Balance Sheet, a podcast designed to help advisors, clinical professionals, and affluent families solve some of their biggest medical, psychiatric, and emotional challenges. Visit BeyondTheBalanceSheet.com to read more about our guests and resources
1: and sign up for our newsletter.